Hello, and welcome to A Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan. My pronouns are he, him. And today I am joined by... Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler. Our pronouns are he, him. I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-affected street exorcist. Hi, everybody. My name is Christina. I will be playing Elyon. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and Elyon's pronouns are they, them. Uh, they are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and I play Resh Ferris. My pronouns are she, her, as well as Ferris's. She is a wood-aspected dragon-blooded who has a familiar named Zeke, who is a ferret. And she's kind of a performer, petty theft. And this is Exalted, like a dragon-blooded. Hey guys, Brendan coming in with some fun facts. As a joke, we started saying dragon-blooded gambling games all started with things like dragon pachinko or dragon chess or dragon slots. But in actuality, there is a chess-like game in creation called Gateway. I have no idea how it's played, but it does get mentioned in the fluff quite a bit. The other game that features heavily in Divine section of this game is a game called Crusade. This is a custom game that features in some of my other Exalted games uh, that obviously doesn't have its own mini rules or anything, but essentially it's a stand-in for like tabletop war games. And after that, enjoy the episode as Divine talks to a banker and Elian talks to a surprisingly wholesome member of the guild. Now for the real question, what is Divine's plan for trying to get that money? All right, so Divine, with his uh, incessant need to gamble everything, wants to go to the undermarket and uh, try to find a gambling den of ill repute, I guess. Something that... uh nobody's going to miss or necessarily notice a change of ownership that he can go and find the person who runs it and pretty much uh, gamble it out from under their nose and then set that up to either suck it dry or generate a passive income out of it. Okay. Basically setting up a base level, uh, money laundering racket. Right, of course. As you know, that realtor looks down on us, so we got to make sure that we're using legit money. So so here's my question for you. Uh, so just to let you know, the people, uh, the NPCs that are basically available to you to like hang out with or to get help from this, since, since you know, you weren't here last week, basically, is Ricky and uh, Elian are currently on their own doing their own thing. And Ferris is taking up a lot of uh, Desert Bloom's time with a lot of the goons that... Uh, <laughs> a lot of the goons, so to speak, that Desert Bloom has at their disposal. Yeah. I would probably uh, stop by and see what Captain Akoki's up to. Just because, you know, 
that's my boy. See if he wants to tag along as my muscle. Because if I get into a fight, I'm fucked. Um, he is currently at the... He's currently at, hanging out at the Desert Basilisk. Uh, basically uh, getting into a small little tiff with, with Minami, uh, the cook there, who is uh, Ricky's friend. Uh, they're arguing about something about beans or curry or something that was supposed to come in. Uh, when you walk in, Akoki waves you over. Ah, Divine. Nice to see you. It's uh, it's good to see you too, Unc. So, I don't know if uh, the others have made it by yet, but if, uh, has anybody updated you on uh, our recent inquiries into land acquisition? Well, I think the little Resh Miss uh, went to talk to Desert Bloom. Heard that they might have a plan going on, so that's something. Oh, good. Good. So, uh, they're getting most of the money, but this money's gonna... No offense, we're a uh, crime family, so we're gonna have to launder this money somehow. You, uh... What's the, uh, what's the deal in the undermarket? The deal down there is that anything you want, you can find down there. It's one of the... It's practically the oldest market in all of the world. Just got to be careful, though. There's some uh, nasty things hiding in some of the side tunnels. Yeah. Sounds like uh should take a uh, escort with me, then. You, uh... You feel like kicking some ass if we uh, wind up in the wrong side of the market? Divine, you should know better than anyone. There's no right side of the market. Yeah, but there is a side that we want to be on. Yeah, sure, I'll come with. I was getting bored uh, going through this paperwork anyway. That's my boy. Fuck boring paperwork. We're here to kick ass, take names, and, you know... Have some fun while we're doing it. So, uh, Uncle Akoki leads you from the top side of Chiroscuro down into one of the subterranean tunnels. Uh, basically, these subterranean tunnels lead down to the Undermarket, which is a group of almost subway tunnels uh, that eventually lead to a very, very large carved out area that basically is just brimming with like lights and uh, candles or, or torches everywhere. Anything that you want that is legal or not, you can probably find in the undermarket. And if you can't, you can definitely find someone who knows where to find it. All right, then, Divine, what are we looking for here? We're looking for... A place that would have a lot of money coming in and going out of it. But something that, you know, nobody's going to miss the owners if we change who the owners are. You know of any, uh, you know any dragon pachinko parlors? (laughs) There we go. Akoki looks to you and he's just, uh, well then, uh, no, unfortunately, those don't exactly do well here in uh, in Shiroskuro. That's more of a it's more of a scavenger lands thing. You see, here in Shiroskuro, they do um, real gambling. I'm I'm just gonna 
give him a look. Yes. Tell me about this real gambling. I I was trying to make a joke there, Divine. Yes. Jokes. So, and then chuckle it off. So as far as... Uh, so then, Divine, uh, where are the best places to come and get money from around here are? Or places that wouldn't be missed? Yeah. The best places to do that are going to be one of three uh, one of three types of shops here. You're either going for a uh, small-time gambling hall, a small-time brothel, or maybe a uh, black uh, a back-alley arms dealer. The arms dealers, you can kind of get a little bit more, uh, you can go a little bit higher up on the totem pole. People who buy from them don't care who they're buying from, so long as they can get their goods. What's the language of... Uh... The scavenger lands again. Uh, River speak. So in River speak, uh, Divine is gonna go. Por que no los tres? Ah, I see. Going for the hat trick, then, huh? Yeah, we. I figure not a single one's going to be able to, you know, process the amount of money we need and the time we need. So we'll go for all three, but we gotta start somewhere. Where, where, where do you want to start? Gambling hall is going to be easy to take because, you know, that's filled with gamblers. Brothel will probably be pretty easy, too, with as good as you look. We just, you know, sneak in. I'll dress you up like a prostitute. We'll be good. Arms dealing. Hmm. Yeah, I think that we could go for the arms dealer. Hmm. Actually, let me think. There might actually be a, an easier way to do to do this. All right. So. There are three, th- those three that we're looking for. We, I know, I know a place in a corner uh, of the undermarket that has all three of them right next to each other. Technically, it's the same owner too. Well, that's just convenient, right? While the brothels and gambling halls aren't exactly illegal in Chiroscuro, getting illegal, uh, getting illegal goods in here certainly is. Uh, so that's why that that one is uh, a front. Uh, there is, and he's kind of like, he kind of leads you to a corner of the undermarket where you can see like these three buildings that all have kind of like animal themed looks to them. He points to the building on the right, that right there. That's the ox dragon in it's, uh, masquerades as a family owned in, but in the back room, you can find all kinds of weapons. Even heard they managed to get their hands on a, uh, on a, on a jade dieclave once. Real impressive stuff. Well, if they're using our family's, uh, our family's beast without our permit, we just can't let that stand. That's, our name's practically on it already. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. So, over on the, uh, and he points over to, uh, like completely skips over a building and points over to the left-hand side. That right there. That's the uh, the brothel, the uh, the bountiful bear. I can only imagine the good times to be had in there. And then finally, right in the middle there, that's their gambling hall. You know where you gamble away your your losses or get some to go have go have some fun with uh, with the people over in the bear. That right there, that's the shaved yetum. Did you say the shaved yetum? The shaved yetum. 
a yetum is a is a like 13 foot tall 15 ton uh domesticated cow thanks i hate it well it's 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 theoretically one of the most powerful things in exalted and it's just a domesticated cow and i'm guessing that's where the uh that's where they keep the offices too ain't it most likely well what do you say uh we milk this baby dry. Sounds like a plan. So all three of these places are, uh, to your knowledge, uh, owned by the same person. Um, which one do you want to go into? I guess is the better question. So figure if they're, if they're all owned by the same person, they probably keep the offices in the gambling den. Cause that's where the money flows. So I figure cutting the head off of the snake would be the fastest bet to take down the Yetum and the other two will come a little easier is my logic. So I would go to the shaved Yetum first. Okay. Uh, you go to the shaved Yetum. Uh, when you walk in, there is a large bar at the back that has uh, wines and spirits from all over creation. Uh, there's kind of a nice like mood light going on here, and there's multiple tables with uh, dealers and dice and cards and um, roulette tables, and uh, there's even like games of skill. Like they've got uh, a, a dragon chess board and um, another like like a a card game that looks like that the best the best you can tell when that you're looking at this card game there's like four people on one side and they look like they're actually working together despite being in a gambling hall and whoever is the dealer is like on the other side with cards but there's also like a very elaborate board with like moving miniatures and stuff what do you want to do i can't come into a gambling hall and not at least gamble a little bit before I have to work. All work and no play makes divine a dull boy. So I guess I would sit down at one of the, uh, I don't know what it's called. The uh, extreme blackjack table is what I'm going to refer to it now for now until I've got an actual name for it. Extreme blackjack. Where you got the dealer on one side and then all the other players on the other with, figurines moving around and everybody plays against the dealer. I like ganging up on people. That sounds like fun. All right. So you come up to the table when you start looking at the pieces and everything as divine is fairly well versed in the art of gambling. You recognize this game as crusade. Crusade is a game that is played where the, the dealer basically picks a single, basically a piece of something from known history and, or at least as far as they know, uh, from like wars or other, um, other times throughout, uh, recorded history, basically that the dealer will play the, 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 the team that has historically won. And then the, um, the people who are against the dealer will try to strategize to find new ways to try and actually not change history, but essentially like it's, it's basically like a small war game. Like a uh, Stratego, I guess. 
like Stratego or like uh, like a way a somehow even more complicated version of Shogi. Yeah. So basically, I'm going to spin the game using my my sagacious elders' instruction to. Uh, no, no, it's the careful insight gathering study. That's the one. To just um, actually the dealer the whole time, roundabouts. Okay, so you're basically going to try and get the the dealer to uh, basically mess up by uh, messing with his head. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, like he's choosing to set up the battle and I'm going to make him question kind of like how the battle's supposed to be played by introducing uh, lore with the careful insight gathering study. Being like, um, actually, you've got your piece in the wrong place. They were over here. Didn't you know that? I, I, th- I thought you were supposed to be good at this. And then that lore excellency that you have, the careful insight gathering study... For two motes, you can automatic you can add automatic successes to a war roll for two motes each. In addition, you add two plus successes on a roll to introduce or challenge a fact. And you double nines on or, or I'm sorry, in addition, if you add two plus successes on a roll to introduce or challenge a, fa- a fact, you double nines on the roll. Yeah. So I don't think this would necessarily be introducing a fact so much as it would be challenging a fact. Yeah. So pretty much just when they lay out the board, I want to use uh, the careful insight gathering study and spend four motes and challenge the fact that this is how the battle went. I'm going to say that are you are you working this for the battle to be OK? So here here's kind of like the weird question, because you're currently introducing a fact about a thing that like we're kind of just nebulously defining as like a battle. And this guy's always set it up this way. Yeah. Are you in, are you doing this to introduce a fact and point out that this guy is actually setting the thing up wrong and that the battle was actually done this way? Or are you lying to this guy and trying to get him to fuck up? So a little of column A and a little of column B. I want to use it to actually have him be wrong and then rub it in his face to throw him off his game while the rest of us are playing against him. Okay, so then that is going to be two separate roles. The first one is going to be, this is how the battle was actually done. I'm going to say that that is definitely a bit of minutia and is like really... I'm going to honestly say that is a difficulty five because like you are introducing some really like really hard minutia of the lore into the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Going big for it. So going to be hard to change. I'm aiming to change the actual universe, not just heal uh, Resh's upset tummy. So it's more difficult. Right. Uh, is there anything that you anything that you want to spend or do to try and get more uh, more dice to roll or get automatic successes? Yeah, I'm doing uh, spending four motes on the careful insight gathering study to add two successes on it, and then that'll double nines. Okay. Um, anything else you want to do? Nah, I think I should be good from there. 
Alright, so that is seven successes as the guy's setting up the board. It's like, you know, I I remember uh studying that battle real closely uh back in my school days. You're not setting it up right. Oh yeah, bud, so uh how am I supposed to set it up then? So the reason they won wasn't because of their forces over here on the left and gonna just point to the uh point to whatever figurines over there. Uh these guys, you know, anybody who knows anything about war games and combat strategy, you know, I, I get you don't uh you don't get a lot of education down here, do you? But uh Anybody who knows anything knows that these guys were set up over on this side. I guess you haven't had a real strategist down. You don't get many friends down here, do you? Not many people to challenge that subpar intellect. Okay, so a uh, couple things real quick for you, Cody. I'm going to count that that uh, for the next roll that you're making, because I know that you're trying to uh, intimidate him into messing up. I'm going to count that. Uh, what you just did as a stunt, but also if you had to, just to let you know, if you described that also with your war uh, stuff, I would have also accepted that as a stunt for war. So you're trying to uh, basically, I don't want to say that you're negging this guy, but you're kind of like giving him really like backhanded compliments. Like, yeah, I guess that, you know, you don't know this cause you're down here. Like it's not your fault, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, you can't help that your mom's a whore. That's okay. I will give you a, a. I will give you an extra two dice for that. I guess you're trying to intimidate him into not making good moves. Does that sound right, or are you trying to like fast talk him? What is int- intimidates? Uh, would be an instill, right? Uh, intimidate is normally you rolled with presence. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's. Not something that uh, Divine would aim for. Like, I don't want to intimidate him to... I don't want to be like, I'm better than you. I just want to tear him down, if that makes sense. Instill self-doubt. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're trying to give him... uh, You're trying to instill an intimacy of self-doubt. Yeah, like make, make him question his own moves, not make him think I'm better than he is. Okay. Um, I'm going to say manipulation and socialize for that. Um, you are going to be rolling against a difficulty of five because he does have some intimacies that boost it. Mostly him being one of the like three guys in, uh, that works at this casino who is, uh, allowed to run the crusade table. How long have I been in the undermarket? Probably about uh, no. If you sat down to actually play Crusade with this person, and this is happening throughout the entire game, yeah. which is kind of how that I've kind of assumed that it was. You've been here probably thirty minutes to an hour. These games take a while, which is why they're high stakes games. Gotcha. Yeah, because after an hour, I gain a specialty in socializing with people of this culture. Haven't you been working with people from Cheerskiro? Yeah, but I, di- I didn't know if the undermarket Churrascuro counted as different culture from overmarket Churrascuro. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it, it it does not. Okay, so yeah, so I've got that specialty. 
I'm going to go ahead and spend two moats to add four moats personal to add a two automatic successes to that. Okay. Of course, every time I spend moats, I don't need it. <laughs> so that's 10 successes. Oh boy. I'm going to actually increase that intimacy that you have given that guy from a minor to a major. He now has, this guy now has a major intimacy of self-doubt in his own ability as a crusade table operator. So, bud, uh, what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take it easy on you. Uh, you want to move these guys over here. Then this guy is going to move his army here. And this is when I'm going to beat you. But I don't want to give away that surprise yet. But just know you're going to lose. You cripplingly destroy this man's uh, self-worth. It goes well. You come away with some money. Um, he has uh, he has folded and uh, goes to his boss and is like, hey, man, I, I, I need to go take a personal day. And like basically like just leaves. Oh, hey, I guess we know who's in charge, at least on this level. So seeing him go up and talk to his boss, I would like to roll pretty much, would it be awareness or investigation to scope out the joint looking for a, uh, like, the employee's only door to sneak upstairs or to the offices? How quick are you trying to do it? I guess it would be a pretty uh, snap judgment. Like, I'm not trying to look like I'm looking around, so it would just be like a quick glance to try to find the door. Uh, perception and awareness. Oop. Four successes. Ah, ah, ah. Okay, it takes you a little bit to, like, like you just kind of glance around, and then you see where this guy comes down from, and he looks back over to you, and then... He goes to chase after this guy, but you can see where the, the basically the employees only area is where you would go upstairs. Gotcha, gotcha. So when we last left Elian, they were going to go and talk with their contact. So uh, your guild contact is a man named Umen. U-M-E-N, Mesha, M-E-S-H-A. This is the following uh, day, at which point that uh, you go to meet uh, Mesha for uh, like probably like a, either a breakfast or a lunch or something like that. Yeah, I, I have a feeling uh, walking straight into the guild and being like, yo, let me talk to my inside person probably wouldn't go very well. No, it would actually go extraordinarily poorly. You're not super deep into the crime like some of your other uh, family members are, but you're still a known factor. Yeah, because I'm the person who tracks down the people who owe money. You guys have a nice noodle shop that you frequent in the in the uh, southeastern part of the new city, uh, closer to the uh, closer to the farmlands, actually, like pretty far away from the. Uh, 
as far as the city goes, like pretty far away from the actual like old city and where the, a lot of the business with the guild uh, happens. So you guys meet there for lunch and uh, you get noodles. They're a nice, uh, there's like this nice uh, aroma of uh, spices and uh, like a nice like curry sauce being made. Uh, there's not everything is spicy, but a lot of stuff is. But they, you know that they have a lot of stuff that fits whatever that Elian's palate is. And when you walk in uh, to this place, uh, you can see like steam rising up from like noodle noodles in the in the back kitchen and everything. And you see uh, Mesha waves a hand to you uh, at your at y'all's usual lunch booth. Uh, yes, being a regular. It do have its benefits, though. It do indeed. Uh, so Elion is going to do a, a like a small um, nod back, head over and sit down, order their usual, uh, something with just like a little bit of spice to it, but definitely not anything overwhelming. Uh, Mesha uh, himself is a uh, shorter man uh, with a... Uh, He's probably around Elian's age or approximate age uh, for a mortal uh, with dark skin that uh, is pretty obvious that he has lived in uh, the South his whole life. Mesha is dressed in like robes, like very like loose fitting clothing that matches the weather. And the only bit of like ostentatious uh bit of like hey i'm from the guild is uh he does wear a uh turban to keep his like bald head from getting like sunburnt or anything and he does have a couple uh little trinkets and jewels that kind of like come off the side of it elian's gonna look to mesha and say thank you for meeting with me um i have a couple of things to ask you about if you possibly have the answers for it Mesha nods and starts to shovel some uh, thick noodles into uh, his mouth. He shoves a couple thick noodles with a... Ah, yes. The noodles of this place. They are the greatest in all... No greater noodle has ever been made in all of creation. You could go to the Fey Wilds. You could go to the deepest north or the farthest east, and I guarantee you, you wouldn't find greater noodles than this. Even the realm's noodles do not have this kind of viscosity. I know someone who would disagree with you, but I'm not going to. Is it that hack Minami up in the desert basilisk? Oh, of course. One of these days, that, that man will serve good food, and I'm sure that we'll enjoy it, but not now. Also, don't be saying that stuff around Ricky. You know how he is. Well, Ricky isn't around right now, so I'm allowed to say it. I know. That's why I'm not chastising you for saying it. I'm just reminding you. Well, well then, Elian, how can I help you? Uh, are you feeling in a good spot, eating a little bit? I'm in an absolutely fantastic spot, Elian. Perfect. I just want to make sure you're all settled before uh, we have a discussion. So it looks like some movements are being made. And you know that area, and Elian's going to describe the place that we're trying to buy, because Christina, off the top of her head, cannot remember 
precisely where it's at. I just know it's on a high part of a tower at the moment. That is more or less the information that you guys have is it's basically that it's a, it's a, it's a floor of one of the old towers in the old city. Uh, so Len's going to talk about how I know there's quite a few interested eyes on that place. Apparently some dragon-blooded eyes, maybe some guild eyes. Have you heard about anything regarding that? Ah, uh, yes, the floor, the, the, the recently, uh, the recently vacated floor on, uh, Tower 5, was it, I believe? Or maybe it was 4, it doesn't matter. It's the only one on the market right now. Well, obviously, you all are interested in it. Yes, otherwise I wouldn't be coming and asking you who you've heard on the wind might be interested in it. There's a few contacts of mine uh, from the realm who might be interested in it. Specifically, ones working for House Regara. Anyone in the guild in particular interested in it? There's a small guild factor or two here who are interested in it, but no one that really sticks out like say, Thanos or something like that. He's already got his small mansion in Tower 8, I believe. We'll just let him do what he needs to do, as long as he doesn't get in the way. Yes, do try not to make an enemy out of Thanos. He is kind of the head cheese for anyone who works for the guild around here. You know me. I'm not one to cause conflict. Yes, of course. I'm not too worried about you. I'm more worried about Ricky, I guess. I mean, he's a fire aspect. He's hot-headed. It comes with the territory. Fair enough. Uh, besides that, I do believe that there was uh, two others that really stuck out to me. Care to share? And Elian's just kind of going to push a little bit of a hoisin sauce towards them. They take the sauce and begin to spread it onto their noodles. They slurp up some more uh, noodles and then just kind of look to you and go, yes, well, there's, uh, there's two big names that stick out to me. One of them I don't think that you'll really care too much about. They're just new to this whole crime thing and just throwing money away, basically. I doubt that they'll even use it as a base of operation. Uh, they would be the, uh, they're the, the new pirate crew out to the west. Pirates interested in that? That seems odd, unless they're trying to get a foothold in the town. Well, it is a port town, you see, and they're trying to, as their leaders said, make a, make a better turn of things. What's much more interesting, though, that I think you'll find is instead of the gods, what did they call themselves? It was a it was an incredibly stupid name, in fact. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, the, the, the pirate uh, people, for the, the people from out west who were trying to get a, 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 th that spot, they called themselves the Molusca Armada said it would be good for business to have a place to set up on land. Hmm. I will have to keep an ear out for them then. Hmm. Uh, Brendan, have I heard anything about them by chance? 
Yes, actually you have. It is pretty big news that traveled throughout the entire family. Recently promoted to matriarch, Sotaba of the Izoth clan, or Sotaba of the Izoth clan was promoted to matriarch of her clan because she managed to get the get the crime organization a foothold in Molusca Bay. So, in theory, they're not quite allies, but they're associated with us in a very loose term. Yes, they are associated with you all in a very loose term, in that you guys know that there is basically a well-known place for literally everything illegal to happen out in the West, and you all now have a pretty big foothold there. So they're basically trying to, not, I don't want to say turnabout's fair play because it doesn't technically apply, but they're trying to get a foothold over here, not specifically because we got one over there, but they're just trying to get something over here to expand a little bit. Yep. Potentially screwing them over would not be bad for us. Correct. Because they're not direct allies. Correct. Okay, just making sure. Yes, they have one of their uh, one of their generals uh, has put down a deposit or something. I believe that he said that he would only pay a certain amount in a, a very hard to trade currency from out in the West. So it's very unlikely that they'll get it. But I figured I, that you might have some interest in that. That is interesting to know. I may know a thing or two more or can find some more information out about that. Um, but if they're trying to bring their currency over here, I doubt they're going to take the exchange unless they can really, you know, how would you phrase it? Um, throw out the, the money for it. I'm not really sure. I don't think it, I, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to work very well for them. Unless of course they can back up their coin. That's a good way to phrase it. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Well, there's one other that you should definitely be, uh, aware of. Yes, you said two big names. The Mol- the Molusca Bay people are obviously one of them. They're a big enough name in crime organization. But this one is a little bit more personal. It appears that Baronado Jalin is trying to make a bid on it as well. Oh, really? He wants to make a very good showing to uh, to your clan that uh, he can bring in more money than uh, your family can. It's very obvious what he's doing. He's trying to uh, make the... He, he's trying to prove that he's better than his parent clan. Aren't most people. But I can work with that. I'm sure we can figure out an arrangement of sorts. More or less. Yes, of course. Uh, so, was there other things you that you wanted to uh, ask me about, or did you just bring me out here for a good time with all these noodles? Well, I always want to make sure you're having a good time if we're going to sit and have a chat for a little while. But I was interested in a case I'm working on, trying to help out someone in need. So, have you heard word about a... It's very specific, I will say. uh, About a young girl named Mai. Mm, 
very slight. She's got short black hair last time she was seen. Fairly young, like I said. Apparently, there's some association with Guild Factor Danik Sora, potentially. He looks to you for a little bit and then looks down at his noodles and begins to stuff his mouth. Mesha, Mesha, Mesha. I'm not asking for a lot here. I just need something to go off of. Listen, you you know that I try not to deal in the proclivities of my <sighs> higher-ups. I don't like to get my hands dirty with their disgusting ways of using their money. Money should be used for food and to buy nice little trinkets for your hat. And maybe a building here or there and making jobs for people. But not the things that Danik Sora uses his money for. All I'm going to say is that there's a young man who very much misses his sister and wants to know what happened to her. And I can only imagine how you would feel if something happened to someone in your family that you care deeply about. I feel like you're trying to influence him to help you, even though that he should not give away guild secrets. I'm not good at influencing people as this character. <laughs> I know, but you want to get the information out of him. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to see if I have anything that might help. I don't think I do, though. Like, I could profile him, but I feel like that's not really what I want to do with this in particular. No, you probably want to uh, actually get him to give you information, not profile, because you can't really profile Danik Sora. Yeah. We're trying to use, like, a little bit of guilt and a little bit of, like, look, look, bro. I'm just trying to get something to go off of here. Everything, you know, stays between us type of thing. Right. I think that that would be either a charisma and presence or charisma and socialize. I mean, I'll take socialize over presence. Okay. I, I feel like socialize makes more sense because they are a contact of mine. So we're used to having conversations about stuff like this. Okay. So I would say charisma and socialize that. Uh, you're going up against a resolve of two. I mean, I still might buff that a little bit because neither one of those is like fantastic. They're not abysmal, but they're not fantastic. So basically I... this guy has intimacies that is bumping his resolve down to help you. Yeah, and I don't have the excellency for socialize. So it's just going to be my normal flat roll. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you two dice for the RP. Oh, that's eight successes. <laughs> Fantastic. My, my socialize is three and, like, my crisp is now three <laughs> instead of, you know, two. So, uh, like I said, not super social. How, how do you, I guess, convince him to help is the best way to do it. Like the dice say that you help, but that you do it. But how do you want to con what, what's the convincing argument that uh, gets him to come along to your side? Does he have siblings? Let's go with the A does. So, yeah, I'm going to stick along those lines of what I was saying before I did the role of, you know, how, how would you feel if one of your siblings had gotten taken by the guild and sold or put into that type of treatment. 
but you didn't know about it. <sighs> Elian, you drive such a hard bargain. You know that you, this is, you're out. I'm, suppo- I'm supposed to be up for, for becoming a guild factor soon. And this is just... <sighs> well, wouldn't it be a shame if Sora was not around? Might help you a little bit quicker. Hmm, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That does seem a little underhanded. I've been trying to go about for my own merits. But then again, it's not it's- that bad if you lose the... If you have to wipe the slime off of your hands. It's not you doing anything. It's just you telling me some information that might lead to something. I can't guarantee it'll help you out. As in, remove Sora from their position. But if they're doing something they're not supposed to be, wouldn't it be better to come to light? Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, So, Danny Sora tends to keep his conquests, as he puts it... (sighs) He rents a permanent room at the Bountiful Bear down in the Undermarket. If this Mai is still around and not dead, she'll most likely be somewhere in there. Does he get that bad about things? He's slime through and through. Good to know. So play on base instincts and whatever makes me feel gross. Yes, that sounds like a good call. Noted. I appreciate the information. Of course, noodles are on me, as always. Oh, of course, of course. I certainly appreciate this. So, is there anything else I can do for you, Elian? I always appreciate getting to spend some time with you. I know... Getting away is very hard. It'll be harder soon if I do get uh, promoted to Guild Factor. We will definitely have to go out and celebrate. Oh well, maybe in that case, then we can uh, we can see if the uh, if the food will be on Ricky this time or one of your other associates. Possibly. Uh, maybe we can get the big bowl this time. Ooh, really? The big bowl. I'm so excited. It'd be a special occasion, so why not? Oh, that reminds me. Um, Like, Elion's going to get up, hands on the table. Any word on you-know-who? Oh, them. Yes, I've had a little bit of word about them. They've been doing... Apparently, some work down in Gem. There's a chance they might be coming back up to Chiroscuro soonish. In Gem? Why Gem? I don't ask where that the where that the uh, where that Thanos sends them. I just keep tabs on them, as you asked. Appreciate it. Always nice to know what they're dipping their hands into but like i said finish eating it's on me and they just you know said a couple of coins or whatever down i need to go and talk to some people about some things uh but i look forward to hearing about your promotion in the future 
I look forward to getting it. Have a great day then, Elian. You as well. Returning to the shaved Yedim after Divine had recently made the man who ran the crusade table question his integrity and ability to do his own job, Divine then snuck into the employees-only part of the building. Where do you go from here, bud? There, uh, so the employees-only part of the building is basically, you went, you opened up this door, and there is a small hallway, or you can see a staircase that leads up and a staircase that leads down. Well, the bosses are probably up, but the secrets are probably down. Eh, we'll go up for now. You go up the stairs, and at the top there is a door that is lightly cracked open. The door itself has a little bit of writing on the front of it, uh, kind of like how that, like, like an actor might have writing on their door outside of like a play, uh, like or whatever, like letting you know whose whose room that you're walking into. Can I read the writing on the door? Do you speak? Uh, what languages do you speak? That's a better question. Uh, I know I speak Riverlands, and then I think you said to pick up the uh, common tongue for Cheriskiro. I forget what language that is. Flame. Flame tongue, yeah. And I've got two dots in linguistics. Okay, so you can read and write River Speak and Flame Tongue. The door in front of you has a nameplate on it. You cannot read what it says. Well, that's just inconvenient. Um, below it, written uh, very less elegantly in in flame tongue, which is a little bit more like the, the the best way that I can describe flame tongue as a language is it is probably closer to like Arabic, like those kinds of characters. Yeah. Whereas river speak is probably closer to river speak is probably closer to like the Japanese language. That's like here's the fancy one that we use calligraphy for, and then here's the one that everyone actually uses. Oh. River is the fancy one that everybody act- is the one that everybody actually uses. Gotcha. At least, you know, as far as it, like, what did they look like goes, I guess is the best way to describe it. But the, uh, the word in flame speak just says the bar, bo- the words in flame speak say the boss. Oh, good. Uh, they've got my office ready. Want to roll awareness to, uh, listen, pretty much listen in, uh, gauge what's going on inside the office before just, you know, kicking the door open. I'm going to say that's probably going to be a perception and awareness. Um, are you using anything to help you listen through a closed door? Do you have any merits or are you using any charms to help? Uh, yeah, I've got that charm. What's that charm's name? I believe that it's deep listening palm. i use five motes of personal to uh, listen through the door. Okay. You're going to hear any kind of conversation that comes through, but I would still like you to give me a perception and awareness roll for any uh, smaller stuff that might have normally required a perception and awareness roll. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm going to spend... We'll go ahead and do three motes to add one die and one success to the... uh, Awareness roll. So because it's a charm activation here, 
I believe that you can now I, I'll have to look into this a little bit later, but it says one moat per die or two moats per automatic success. So I believe that you have to pick one or the other. Gotcha. Then I'll just do four moats. I'll commit four moats to two automatic successes. What is your awareness? My awareness is two. Okay. So because that your awareness is a two, you are only allowed to spend two moats on it from your excellency pool. Oh, that's how that works. Yep. It actually says it at the top of the whole charms thing. That's why that uh, specialties are important. And it lets you raise the excellency cap. Gotcha. gotcha. So take two back and one automatic success. Three successes. All right. So with three successes of uh, as you place your palm upon the uh, the wood of the door to the boss's office, you can hear the sound of two people arguing inside. Uh, very like l- low though. Um, there it 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 normally would have been a whisper that would have been hard to hear without your charms. We have to get the the deposit ready to go and take to the guild bank soon. Uh, ma'am, can you uh, can you help out a little bit with it? Uh, I don't have the code to the safe. There's a sudden pop that honestly shakes you back a little bit with how good that like your hearing is from this as the sound of a uh, wine bottle is opened and a like cork pops out. And then you can hear the sound of like liquid being poured, uh, but not into a glass as there are very quick gulps followed by it. Now you listen here. You're my secretary. And that means that you have to do what I say, not what Thanos says. You got to do what I say. It, ma'am, ma'am, you got to call. Calm down. I know that we're you had a little bit of issue with that crusade guy needing uh, needing a day off, but you know this this was that's why that we hired more people. And don't worry, you know the the oxen's de- dealing dealing with his. Uh, I don't want to hear about anything from that bastard at the ox. The dragon ox is such an asshole bird. Ma'am, how how much have you had to... It's not important how much I've had to drink. What's important is why aren't you drinking with me? And at that point, I would like to walk into the room. Divine pushes the door open, uh, strutting over to the desk. That is a wonderful question, ma'am. What are we drinking to today? To life? To new ownership? to not having the guild in your business anymore, to letting you run this place the way you want to run it. What should we drink to today? And then sit down at the desk across from her, propping my feet up on it. All right, then. Moya, your excuse, go take the payment to the guild that I owe. This new guy, I knew that we hired you for a reason. New guy... Yeah, uh, I'm the new owner. The, the guild's not going to be taking uh, deposits anymore. They're going to be out of your business. So uh, what do you say? You keep half that deposit, and you know the deposit you got to pay me is now only half. Nope. 
That that doesn't sound right. You're not the new owner. I own this place. My name is Amalar Divine of the Taya Renata clan. Uh, we're uh, establishing a seat in town. Think you would prefer our protection over our disruption? She looks to you when that you mention the clan that you're from. And you can see that she kind of sits there for a moment and cracks her neck. And then you can see that she kind of, uh, for a moment, begins to sweat a little bit. And she kind of wipes her brow and then takes up a pose that is uh, a little bit more commanding as that she sits up straight in, in, in her seat. I'm going to respectfully... Uh pull my feet off of her desk now that she's in a uh, business talking position and lean forward, still relaxed with a uh, single arm on the table. So would you like to talk business? Now that you've come in, you can get a better look at her. She is, she is a matronly lady. Uh, She has aged gracefully, but there is definitely age on her. She is, you could guess, maybe standing up, uh, maybe 5'1". She's not very tall, and she's she's got what might be meat or muscle on her. You're not exactly sure, but she definitely lives a... She definitely lives a very uh, cushy life. She kind of uh, steeples her fingers to you and speaks uh, without the slur that she had. Amalar Divine, you said, as in from the Lukshayan Amalars? Formerly, yes. It's been a little while since I've been home. That's, uh, that's where I learned how to, you know, send your crusade dealers home. Ah, yes, of course, of course. But you said that you were from the... The Tyranata, were you? Yep, the, uh... The Goa family's looking to set up a foothold in, uh... In the city, and I'm just, you know... Gambling's kind of my thing. I'm a man of the people. So I thought I'd uh, come down here and... Take a look at your... Humble gambling hall... See if we could work out a deal. I don't know. I've already got the guild keeping this place protected, and uh, they don't like things getting in the way of their income. As you, as you, Tyranata boys know. Oh yeah, getting in getting in the way of the guild's income is like my second favorite hobby. My first one's talking to lovely matrons like you. Okay, so, um, hmm. So, Cody, I feel like you're trying to, to instill some kind of emotion into this person or get a read on them. Am I, uh, am I, t- am I taking that right? Yeah, I'm kind of talking out of my ass while being, while being non-confrontational. Like, hey, I'm confident without aggression to, like, see what can, uh, what I can talk them into giving up or what I can instill with them. 
I'm just debating on the right time to use my uh, auspicious first meeting attitude. I don't want to well, put it right off the bat. But. Don't you have to do it like w- when you're meeting them? Uh, or is it within your first interaction with them? It just says upon meeting a character for the first time. Like it doesn't say. I would it. say I would say that that would that this is the point to use that or don't. Okay, this is the point of no return. Then yeah, it, I, it's it's basically like you do it through. Like basically, the idea is is that you do it through the handshake. You know. Gotcha. So as I lean in and say, the first is conversing with lovely matrons such as yourself. I'm going to pop five modes of peripheral, setting my uh, anima to glowing, and roll for the uh, auspicious uh, first meeting. Okay, so you're going to use your anima to do that, or you're going to use your essence to do that. Yeah. How many dice are you going to be rolling at her for this? I'm going to be throwing eight dice at her, just base. All right, so it is a dice pool of eight with a specialty to socializing with Chiriscurans. And then- Okay, um, I will let you know right now, you actually do not get that specialty. Oh, because she's not Chiriscuran. That's why it's written in different words. Yeah, so it would be a base of eight. Okay, give me just one second because I need to see how that her intimacies will play into her resolve score. Or her guile, whichever one's lower. Uh, They are both the same. Dang it, they're always the same. Uh, This is specifically a character who is meant to be social. Yeah. Okay, um, I will let you know because of how that you have been talking with her and everything... Her resolve is uh, regularly at a four. However, because of some of her intimacies, currently it is a six. And because my socialize is five, I can spend up to five moats on raising that, right? Correct. Gotcha. So I'm going to spend four moats on two auto successes. All right. And uh, I will also give you since you since you basically role played the scene. I will give you, I'll give you uh, an extra two dice and an auto success for it. Because like the the social RP is basically the stunt. And does telling her to leave the guild to uh, join up with us count as bad advice? You know what? I'm gonna say yeah, it probably does. Dope. Then that activates my specialty. So that's an extra one die, right? Yes. Ooh, that's right on the money. That's seven successes. Okay, then. Uh, what do you want to... Uh, what do you want to, I guess, uh, use the first meeting thing to, I guess, give her an intimacy of some kind? Respect for an upstart? The future's now, old woman? How about respect for new blood? That works. Changing of the guard. Actually, I'm going to just say respect for divine. I feel like that uh, you you have ingratiated yourself to be possibly given some respect. I don't know that like the rest of your crew could come in here and get the same. Right. Um. By the way, when that uh, when you did that, uh, she distinctly noticed uh, when you started glowing. Yeah. 
and she just kind of uh, smiles to you a little bit. Well, 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 is that how we're going to be playing these games, uh, Mr. Divine? But you're, but you've been, you've forgotten your social rules. You haven't even asked me my name. I was getting there. As a man said once, a rose by any other name is just as sweet. May I, uh, by chance, after that uh, terrible faux pas, inquire what is your name? Yes, well then, uh, I am Regara Solan, the owner and operator of the Shaved Yedim, the Ox Dragon Inn, as well as the Bountiful Bear. And you, my friend, seem to be very, very opposed to the guild. Not that I'm surprised they're a bunch of assholes, but, you know, they do run most of the money in the threshold here. What would you say if a couple of uh, plucky upstarts with, you know, moxie and some force of will to back it up just decided that the guild wasn't running things down here anymore. Where would the chips fall? Do you take the risky gamble or do you play it safe because the house always wins? Honestly, you're making a lot. You're, you're doing a lot of blowing smoke up my ass here. You're saying a lot of big words, and I can respect that. But also, you know that you're dealing with the guild. This isn't just taking down some pushers in Nexus or something. When it comes to taking down a big organization, it starts with the small steps. Raiding warehouses, you know, getting your feet in the door, disrupting their small operations. It's the little things that count before you move into the big things. I'm giving you a chance to have your foot in that door with me because I'm not saying we might disrupt the guild. I'm saying that here soon this isn't going to be controlled by the guild anymore. And I get to stay in on the ground floor here. I get to keep my little section of the undermarket and just I pay to... You instead of the guild? Is that what I'm hearing? Or are you offering me something more? Well, one, you wouldn't be paying to the guild. I would rather be partners than have you under my thumb. You're you're way more valuable than some underling would be. I want to work with you, not over you. I would come in as a... Partner, and since you've done majority of the work, we'd split it 60-40 in your favor, obviously. And I will help you improve business, teach your dealers better strategies so that some kid from halfway across creation doesn't come and make them run out like pups with their tails tucked. Myself and my compatriots will help you take care of the area, and maybe depending on how things go, even spread our influence together. I know you've enjoyed a comfortable living of maintaining the status quo, but you seem to me like a person who aspires for more. So, Cody, this is going to be a little bit uh, unconventional here, but I feel like that you are trying to up your tie of respect with her even more. Yeah, kind or you, or you're trying to convince her. You, it's either that, or you're trying to convince her to basically go into business with you. Yeah, it, it's 
kind of like kind of building her confidence in me so that when the time comes for like the move to be made, she makes the right call and sides with the Goa Satara family, making her feel comfortable putting her bets on me instead of staying with the uh, guild. All right, then. She looks to you and she kind of thinks on it for a little bit and then goes, give me, a mo- give me some time to think on it, if you don't mind. This is a lot to ask of me uh, from someone that I've only just recently met. How about we spend a few, a few days just getting to feel out everything? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't expect you to make a decision on the moment. Well, uh, I'll hang around for a few days. Uh, I'll check out the bear and the ox dragon and see where I can be of help. I hear you're in need of a uh, new crusade dealer for a couple days. Uh, Maybe I can fill in on that vacancy I created. That would be lovely. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how much money I make you. Hopefully, uh, I've never worked on the other side of the house before. Uh, she nods to you. You can see that she's going to start gathering some papers together and start giving it some actual, like, very deep thought. Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not give us a follow on Twitter for more updates as to when we'll be releasing episodes. You can also give us a like or review on your podcast app of choice. Just a few quick button clicks and you can help us defeat the dreaded algorithm boss. The theme song for this game was Main Theme by Alexander Nakarada, copyright 2019, used under a Creative Commons license. And hey, for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt dice. <laughs>